All right. Hello. Y'all doing good? Awesome. Man, what a good night. Do you guys feel Jesus here? I do too, man. What a powerful time of worship. And it is a, a tremendous honor to get to share with you tonight a little bit. Um, I love Chi Alpha. Do you love Chi Alpha? I, I love Chi Alpha. I was involved in Chi Alpha back in the 70s. It was a really golden time. In my, well, I'm not that old, but uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, but uh, Chi Alpha has a dear place in my heart. And, and I love you. You're like, you don't even know me, bro. But I still love you. I really do. And, and pray for you. And, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to some people tonight if, uh, if you're ready to listen. Are you ready to listen? I want to uh, just say I love your staff. Uh, Chris and Katie are the best. I love you guys dearly and your entire Chi uh, Alpha staff and all the small group leaders. Uh, I believe in you. I'm in your corner. And thank you for what you do. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness to God and, and his kingdom. And, and uh, if you're a student, thank you for giving up part of your Tuesday night to be here. I know that's a sacrifice and, and God sees you and God loves you. And so I want you to, if you walk away with nothing else, I want you to know that uh, the Lord is smiling on you and he loves you. I want to start with this scripture. It's a famous scripture. It's called the Great Commandment, Matthew uh, 22, verse 36. They're trying to trap Jesus and they say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And I was just thinking about that. The fact that God would command you and God would command me to love him. There's so much to that, right? Um, can you guys agree that if you really love someone, you don't have to be commanded to do it. You just do, right? Like no one's ever had to command me to kiss my wife, eat a steak, and take a nap. Amen? I mean, that's just... It flows out of the inward fount of who I am. It just comes natural, right? How is that possible? Because some of us hear the words, you should love, this is how you hear it. You better love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You better, you better. And we're like, ooh, I need to love him. I need to love him. I need, because it's a law, right? We, we do, some of us do that. So I just want to encourage you here and remind you here at the beginning that, you know what's powerful about, about God saying, I want you to love me? That before you ever loved God, God loved you. And before you were ever thinking about God, God was thinking about you. And before you ever made a step toward him, God was chasing after you. John said that we love because, why? He first loved us. So this is not something you have to conjure up and grit your teeth and white knuckle yourself into the kingdom. I've got to love him more. I've got to love him more. No, this will be the natural byproduct. Of being loved by him. Can I tell you something? You have never lived an unloved moment in all your life. And you never will. God loves you so much. And when you get that. See, when I got that one day. When it stopped being just sort of a religious rat race of, of do's and don'ts. And I got to do more good things than I do bad things. And hopefully the, the scale will tip in my favor. And. When I finally got the gospel of grace and God melted my old hard heart, everything changed. Do you know what I mean? Christianity changed from something I have to do to something I want to do. It changed from got to to get to. 
And that's so important because when we think about changing, you know, God doesn't want you to change so he can love you. He loves you so you can change. And I want, I want us to think about this as we, as we talk about that because as we, as, we, as we focus on loving God with all of our minds, uh, you know, you, you'll never, I'll just say this, you'll never love God with all your mind until you win the battle for your thoughts. And, and that's an important jumping off point as we talk about the mind because that's where change happens. You know, change isn't, in our lives isn't primarily about doing something different. It's about thinking something different. And when you think something different, you'll do something different. We, thinking comes first. But, but don't we do it uh, opposite? We, tr- we typically try to change something, ex- like an external part of our lives, right? And, we'll, and we're hoping that will change something on the inside. We've got to change the schedule. We've got to change our diet, eat some more salads. We've got to read more. We've got to work out more. How many guys love going to the gym? Yeah. I heard someone say, I-, I love working out. My favorite part about working out is checking my phone between sets and going home for two weeks. Now, I can get behind that philosophy, amen, right? But, you know, I, I got to spend more time with them. I got to spend less time with them, right? But here's what we know from Scripture. The best way to change is not outside in. It's inside out. In uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's a famous verse. You, you probably know it, or at least you've heard it. Don't, don't be conformed uh, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. And then you will know what the good, perfect, pleasing will of God is. But I wanted to read it to you real quick in the message version, if you will allow me to. Scroggins, will you forgive me if I go message real quick? It's It's happening. Okay, it's already on the screen, right? Thank you, Emily. (laughs) Romans 12, verse 2. It says, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I love that. So in other words, when when your mind is renewed, your life will will be different. And if you're a note taker, I I want you to just, this is the first kind of thought you might write down. Uh, You know, I will never change my life until I change the way I think. You'll never change your life until you change the way you think. The Bible actually says it this way, Ecclesiastes 10.2, wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. That, that kind of offends me. That's just so straight up, right? Wise thinking leads to righteousness. But my dad used to say, if you got, if you got stinking thinking, right, that leads to wrong living. And that's why it's so important for us to take a moment. I know this is really deep, but I wonder how long it's been since you've done this. To just take a moment and think about what you've been thinking about. Think about what you've been thinking about. What have you been thinking about today? What have you been thinking about this week? What have you been thinking about this year? What, if we could like put all your thoughts on the table and, 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 and everyone could see them, like, what would your thoughts be like? What, what would they look like? What would they sound like? Your thoughts about God, your thoughts about people, your thoughts about yourself. That's important. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. How you think is crucial to how you live. 
You know, everything begins with a thought. Everything. The, I want you to just think about the things that you're doing well in life. I mean, the areas where you are excelling, you're knocking out of the park. Out of the park. You know what I can guarantee you? Those things are being fueled by thoughts. Think about the areas where you're crashing and burning. Where you're like, I could, I could be, I'm not hitting the mark there. Guess what? Fueled by thoughts. Thinking happened first. I'll say this way. If you, if you try to change your behavior without changing the thoughts that fueled that behavior, you'll never change the behavior. Thoughts are powerful. Have you thought about that? Lately? Thoughts, they determine what you do. Thoughts determine how you feel. Thoughts even determine your future. They're powerful. You might have seen this before, but we're going to just put this on the this, this screen. I just think this is such a powerful uh, saying, if you will. Uh, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow character, and you reap your destiny. Now, I just want you to think, it's really simple, but think about the first word is thought, and the last word is destiny. It all begins with a thought. If you don't like where you're going, guess what? Change your thinking. Let me just say it this way. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will go tomorrow where your thoughts take you. It's that simple. It's that simple. I don't know, man. That sounds like some positive thinking, mind over matter. You can do anything you set your mind to, mumbo jumbo. No, no, hold on, hold on. This is actually in God's word. I love that the Bible is so clear for, for slow people like me. Think, think, think. Does anyone, has anyone ever had to hear the same thing about 10,000 times before it sunk in besides me? Right? I love it. Just listen to this. Romans 8, verse 5. Those who are dominated. Everybody say dominated. Have you ever felt like that's your life? Just let's time out right there. Have you ever... Just known that you weren't living the life that you were supposed to live. Far from God. Bad habits. Life feels like it's spinning out of control. And you know it, but you can't stop it. You ever been there? The Bible says that those who are dominated by the sinful nature, what do they do? They think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, that's what we want. What do they do? They think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, guess what? Life and peace. Anybody need some of that? Life and peace. That's what we want for every single one of you. And I just want to say this to you. You don't have to sit back and just be a victim to whatever mind, whatever thoughts uh, pass through your mind. Well, then I can't help what I think about. You might not be able to help what thoughts come through, but you can, but you can decide what you're going to dwell on. You can decide what you're going to meditate on. You, 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 you can decide what you're going to reject or accept. You can take control in this area. And here's why that's so important, because there is an all-out battle going on right now between your ears. The, the fight of your life is not something you're doing out here. It's something that's happening in here and in here. It's in your mind. Let me read you this passage because so, I want you to kind of see and hear this language. This is, so, this is so important. I wish I would have got this 
earlier on in my, my Christian life. Because Paul is teaching us that we can actually control some things about what we let uh, in between our ears. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 through 5. And just pay attention to the language. It says, for although we live in the flesh, we don't wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful. Everybody say powerful. Can you say it a lot? Just say powerful. What are they powerful? They're powerful through God. This is so good. For the demolition of strongholds. That's more encouraging than you know. See, it's that one area that continually trips you up. It's the weakest part of your life. It's where the enemy likes to attack you. It may be different than how he attacks someone else, but, but, but he knows what gets you, and, and you know what gets you. And it's, it's thoughts that have taken control of our lives, and, and it's those areas the Bible calls a stronghold. Where it's almost like you're a prisoner, prisoner held captive inside a fortress. It's a stronghold. But here's what's great. You know what the Bible just said? That you actually have supernatural power to blow that thing up. Like you have that capacity, you have that power to literally demolish a stronghold. That's so cool. And it goes on to tell us how. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And this is so key. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. How many thoughts? Every thought. You know what that kind of sounds like? That sounds like a habit. It kind of sounds like a lifestyle. This kind of sounds like a character. That's not like I wake up a year later going, why is my life out of control? I haven't even thought about what I'm thinking. No, it's like, have you ever been there where you're having the worst day? Like, my wife told me this one time, that she was struggling with anxiety, and she was having an all-out panic attack. And right in the middle of it, she started praying, and, and then she got mad at God. Because she was like, God, I'm renewing my mind. Why isn't this working faster? Anybody ever been there? And God was like, oh, I'm going to rescue you because that's what I do. But remember how I told you to take every thought captive? And this is the first time you thought about what what you've been thinking about. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God shows up in desperation. He, He shows up in desperate moments. But he's also a God of discipline. Did you catch that? He's also a God of every day and every moment and every thought. And the Bible says that God wants to give you power to blow up the wrong thoughts that create strongholds in your life. That's that's amazing. The reality is so many of us are losing this battle every day. And we know it. We're believing lies. We're, We're believing things that And thinking on things that just aren't true. They're robbing us of so much joy and strength and peace and purpose. That's why we got to stop and think about what we're thinking about. Here's why this is so important. Because what we allow to take root will eventually take up residence. What we allow to take root in our minds and in our hearts will eventually take up residence. That's what thoughts do. They just kind of set up. They move in. They set up shop. They take over. They dictate our lives. Thoughts like, I can't do this. 
You know, and it's just a matter of time before uh, I'm exposed as the fraud I am. Everyone's going to figure out I, I, I'm, a, I'm a mess. I don't have it together. You know, this isn't going to work for me. Thoughts like, hey, don't get your hope up, hopes up. Any change that comes from that small group, it's not going to last because it never lasts with you. Thoughts like, you are your failure. You are your worst day. You'll always be addicted. You'll always be angry. You know, you're just like your father and you're going to repeat all his mistakes. You are not enough. You're not protected. Nobody cares. Or the flip side, the, the flip side, the devil can plant that thought, you know, you deserve all your success. It's it's all yours. All the things in your life that are working is because of you. See, you know the enemy knows that this battle is not going to be external, it's going to be internal. And he knows that if he can get a thought to lodge in your thinking and, and, and go unchecked, it will ultimately take root. And what we allow to take root will take up residence. So we got to think about what we're thinking about. So I want to just encourage you very simply... Uh, number one, just the first thought. Here. I'm going to give you four thoughts real quick. I want to encourage you to take inventory of your thoughts. Like, let's, let's write some stuff down. Let's, just, let's think about it. Let's process it. Let's think about the thoughts that we allow in. I mean, when was the last time you did that? It's important. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And then do what Paul tells us to do. Number two, Stop thoughts before they become strongholds. You know, you can do that. You can. And, and maybe you struggle with something. Uh, you don't have to let that struggle turn into a stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, could, it could be, you know, in the area of, of, of pornography. Lots of people struggle. Absolutely. Um, access to just about anything these days is a click away. But guess what? Before that ever becomes an addiction, it started where? It started with a thought that went unchecked. Yeah. It could be any mental health issue, anxiety that's running rampant, a depression that's, that's uh, just setting in and taking over. There, 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 was a, there was a series of thoughts that took root and took up residence. It feels like maybe sometimes uh, our life is out of control. Life's being turned upside down. There's too many things that are changing. And sometimes we don't think about what we're thinking about. That's literally affecting what we do and how we feel and even our future. Here's a, an important one. Number three, realize that not all thoughts are equal. Not all thoughts are equal. You, do you know that not all thoughts are good? Not everything you think came from God. I want to say this to you. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to believe it. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to believe it. This is so important. Proverbs 4.23. Carefully guard what? Your thoughts. Because they are the what? Say that out loud. They're the what? The source of true life. Guard your thoughts. Stop and think about your thoughts. This has been a big issue in my life. I've spent years just allowing, doing my best to allow the Holy Spirit to help me in this area. To transform the way that I think. So huge. 
You know, I'm a pastor. I grew up in a pastor's home. I was a PK. Do we got any PKs in the house? Anybody? Uh, how, how many grew up in church? Anybody grew up in church? Yeah. Um, I'll never forget. I want to take you back to a Wednesday night in the summer of 1996. What were you doing in 1996? You, were you even alive? You weren't alive, were you? Yeah, I'm old. You were alive? Okay, thank you. So I grew up in a pastor's home, and I started feeling like this call into the ministry, you know. But immediately, guess what? I was like, no, I can't do that. Uh, there's no way I can ever stand up there and preach. I, I couldn't be a pastor. Uh, just too afraid, too insecure, too, you know, all the things, too selfish, all, just name it. But I got talked into preaching a sermon in our youth service on a Wednesday night. And uh, I got my message together, which pretty much means I stole a message from my dad. And, and, <laughs> okay. and I said everything I knew in about four and a half minutes, and I said it four times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was like, the, it's the best I can do. I preached my heart out. And as I'm walking out of the room, I'm like, okay, here, here come the compliments. Let's just get ready for those to roll in uh, so I can go on to feeling good about myself for the rest of the night. And this lady walks up to me, and she goes, honey. Bless your heart. <laughs> and I'll never forget what she said. She said, you know, just because your dad's a preacher doesn't mean you have to be a preacher. It's okay if you're not in the ministry. And guess what I did? I walked away thinking, well, I'm not called to the ministry. Seed planted. Doubt entrenched. I'm walking around for years going, I guess I'm not ever going to be a preacher. I remember uh, later, years later, driving in, in the car with a friend, and I, I'm in love with Jesus, man. I'm like, I'm wanting to make disciples. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm at church every time the doors are open. And I remember driving in, in the car with my friend, and we're just laughing. We're talking about our futures, and I go, hey, man, <laughs> wouldn't it be crazy if someday I was a pastor? And he goes, <laughs> no way, bro. I could never see you being a pastor. And I was like, right? <laughs> right? Doubt entrenched. So I'm running. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm running from God. I never stopped loving Jesus. I just, I just didn't know what to do with my life. I just thought there's no way God could ever use you. There's no way you could ever do that. And, and I just wonder how much I gave credit to the power of my thoughts. And our thoughts get there somehow, don't they? But on the flip side of that, I remember, um, I remember the day that I was standing in my kitchen on the west side of Odessa. Anybody ever been to Odessa? It gets worse. There's West Odessa. And I, I'm standing there in my kitchen and I, I'm literally having this conversation with myself, in the com com and I'm standing in front of the microwave, and I'm, I'm heating up a Hot Pocket. Hello, come on. Can, you know, it's gourmet meal ha happening in the Henry household. And I'm literally, I'm looking at the microwave, and the, and the seconds are counting down. I can smell the bubbling molten hot lava cheese pouring out of the, the Hot Pocket. And I think to myself, I think to, I'm just thinking to myself, you think you're called to ministry? There's no way. There's no way God could use someone like you. I'm saying this to myself. I'm thinking these thoughts. And I hear my mama's voice. 5-2, country, heart of gold. Landon? Yeah? Baby, look at me. 
I turn around, I can, I can hear the microwave in the background, and she looks at me, and looks me up and down, and I'm just, we're standing there just like in silence for like 30 seconds. She goes, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And walks off. I look back at the microwave. <laughs> Tears just start gushing like a cartoon. I remember one night after uh, I used to work in a movie theater and it was a, it was a Sunday night and I decided I was going to go to church and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm running from God. The internal battle is raging, right? And um, I show up to church smelling like popcorn. Like I remember that clearly. I'm thinking, I'm going to make some people hungry up in here, right? Um, it, was, it was when the movie Men in, Black, Men in Black came out, the first one. You guys weren't alive for that, I don't think, but... That's how long ago this was, all right? So I'm on the back row of the church. There's this guy preaching that I don't know. He's a guest speaker, kind of like tonight. You guys are like, this is happening, right? And uh, he's just preaching the house now. And God said, and I, nah, nah, and just the whole thing back and forth. And I'm on the back row of the church. He's preaching up a storm, man. Fire's falling. It's amazing. And he's like, and God, and nah, and he just stops. And he looks up. And he says, you. Young man. And everyone in the church went. And the seeds parted. I'm on the back row. I'm like. And he's just pointing this finger at me that was like 30 yards long. Right? I'm like, he's looking at me. It's got to be me. And he said, son, you've been running. He doesn't know who I am. From Jim Bob. And he's like, but God wants you to know that you'll never outrun his love. And he wants to use you to do great things. And, and don't you doubt yourself because God uses foolish things to confound the wise and weak, weak things to confound the strong. And, and um, you might as well just get used to it because he's going to chase you down for the rest of your life. And I started getting mad. And I was like, who's this guy think he is calling me out? He bro don't know me. But then the ladies in the church, like you could just hear people start to weep because they knew he was right. And I knew he was right. And from that moment on, I started to change the way that I thought because I realized I had a choice about which thoughts I was going to reject and which thoughts I was going to accept. Right? Which words that were spoken over me that I was going to let take root which ones I was going to dig up. And you know what I know? Some of you woke up today thinking about something that was said to you on a middle school playground years ago. But it feels like it was yesterday. And I think the Lord wants some of you to know that they may have said one thing. But God says, I speak a better word over you. I speak a more true word over you. I speak a more powerful word over you. And what God says can destroy what anyone else says. And if you let that take root in your heart, then you're going to be who God wants you to be. And you're going to go where God wants you to go. I think there's some Gideons in the room tonight. As we were worshiping, I just, I just thought of Gideon. You know what Gideon was doing? He was saying stuff like, not me, God. I'm from the weakest house and I'm the weakest clan, and I'm the weakest of my clan, and you know what? Surely you can find somebody else better. 
And I love what God says to him. Stop. I'm with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, who, who, me? Yeah, you. So what God spoke over Gideon's life is more powerful than what anyone else said. It was even more powerful than the things that he was saying about himself. And this is the last thing I want to encourage you with. This is what we got to do. How do we... How do we stop and think about our thoughts and take inventory, identify the lie, identify what is true, what's not? How do we do and take the words of 2 Corinthians 10? It's really simple, but I want you to write this down. You got you to gotta figure out how to make this a habit. To arrest the wrong thoughts and replace them with the right ones. Arrest, like put it in handcuffs and send it on down the road and replace them with the right thoughts. Capture the thoughts. Before they capture us. I love Jeremiah 12, 3. It's like violent language. He says, yet you know me, Lord. You see me and you test my thoughts about you. And he says this. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. So God, if there's anything in here that's inconsistent with your character, your heart, your truth, just drag it off and kill it. Set it apart. Don't let it live. If there's anything in my mind, in my heart, that's displeasing to you, that's hurtful to my soul, then I'm going to identify it. I'm going to reject it. I'm going to send it off. I'm not going to let it take root. So it takes up residence. And we got we to submit those thoughts to Scripture, right? Take those thoughts to the Bible. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, right, we refuse to believe that thought. Capture that thought. Interrogate that thought, right? Doesn't this happen? I mean, a thought can pop into your head. Hey, you know what? I'm missing out on what the world has to offer. Hey, hey, just this one time won't hurt. Uh, God's holding out on me. Uh, I don't know if I can trust God with my future that, that I'm going to be taken care of. Arrest that thought. Put it in handcuffs. Take that thought captive. Interrogate it. Where'd that thought come from? Because that doesn't sound like a thought my heavenly father would want me to think. That he would put in my mind. My father loves me. He cares about me. He wants me to fill with the spirit, which means I'm filled with uh, hope and love and peace and joy. I'm going to arrest that thought. I'm going to refuse to believe that thought. All right? You find yourself panicking and freaking out uh, because you're spending a little too much time watching the news and uh, social media and reading every deep dive into every article uh, explaining every worst case scenario on earth. Hey, stop that thought. Arrest it. Capture before it captures you. Interrogate it with God's word. Don't let it have free reign in your brain. You know, you can, you can demolish strongholds. You can stop struggles before they even become strongholds. You can reject lies. You can refuse to believe them. You know what? You have the ability to fill yourself up with God's word. God's hope. God's encouragement for your life. You can read the Bible and let the Bible read you. You can get in the word of God and let it get in you, right? Uh, and, and, and find truth that wins out over feelings. Reach out to a brother and sister in Christ. Allow them to speak into your life. Sometimes you've got to borrow faith from somebody else. Gather together man, at a church on a Sunday, here on Tuesday nights in a, in a small group. Talk about some of these things out loud. Give the Spirit of God space to work in your life. You'll never change your life until you change the way you think. I wonder if there's just, what's one thought that you could take captive this week? Just one. You have control over what happens between your ears. What takes root eventually takes up residence. 
I wanted to end with this verse, Philippians 4, 7, and 8, just to kind of wrap this up. Paul said, and the peace of God. How many guys could, could use some of the peace of God in your life? Anybody? He says, it transcends all understanding. It'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, and think about such things. Think about such things. That's huge. This is a process. I told you that I grew up in Odessa, Texas, and in, in, uh, in college, I worked in a restaurant. And um, one of the wonderful things about growing up in West Texas is um, I've had a lot of friends of a certain Latino descent. You know, just a little bit more flavor than I have. I've always loved the, the culture, the language, the tortillas. Carne asada, can I get an amen up in here? And I remember working in a restaurant, the ladies in that restaurant, they tried to teach me Spanish. Or at least a Tex-Mex version of it. And I remember trying to learn. I would hear it in Spanish. I would translate it to my mind in English. I would think it in English and then I would respond in English and then I would translate it in my mind to Spanish and then I would butcher a little bit of Spanish that I knew and speak it out loud and they'd laugh at me. They started making me turn my orders in Spanish. I'd walk up, I need a hamburger, cheeseburger, uh, with lettuce, no onions, some fries. She'd be like, no sé. No sabe nada. I'd be like, los hamburguesas con queso, con lechuga, no cebolla, con papas fritas. And I remember one day I was trying to remember how to say mustard. I couldn't think of the word mustard. And I was like, con Mustardo. She's like, no, mustard, no. For like a month, every time I walk in the room, they're like, Mustardo. <laughs> I would just, I'm like, guys, I'm trying. But I, I remember the moment. I, I, remember, I remember one day, it's like a switch flipped, right? And, and if you've ever studied languages, this, they'll actually call it the switch. When instead of hearing and thinking and translating and speaking, it just kind of begins to flow. Like, you just hear in Spanish and you think in Spanish, you just say something in Spanish, you're like, whoa, what just happened? It's like a, a switch flip. And I was able to carry on a conversation. I want you to just think about this with me. Because when you first start to think about your thoughts and you start to do battle with the wrong thoughts, you know, you're going to have to work at it a little bit. And we're going to have to stop and go, wait a minute, I'm believing this about myself. And I've been, I've been believing this for too long, but that's inconsistent with, with God's word. So I'm going to just drag that thought off and, and, just, and just have it butchered because that's not God. Now, but what is true? Okay, this is true. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to, I'm going to speak that. I'm going to pray that. Because that's pure and excellent and lovely. And, and, and then before long, it's not this systematic thing anymore where I've got to think and meditate all that stuff and translate and all it's just quick. No, that's not true. I'm not going to waste any time on that. I'm not going to waste any energy on that. I'm not going to live over there. I'm going to live in truth. This is who God says I am. This is who God says he is. And I'm going to believe that. I'm going to, I'm going to pray that. I'm going to preach that to myself. Does anybody here 
preach to yourself. You know, the words that you speak are powerful. You can't disconnect your words and your thoughts. They're inextricably linked. And I, I literally telling you a lot of stories about me, but I'm the, I, those are the only stories I know, so I'm sorry. But I, this was just a couple years ago, Scroggins. This is a couple years ago. I'm 42. Hopefully you get this before you're 40, all right? Hope you get it now. Standing in my bathroom on a Sunday morning, and I was speaking to myself in some really negative ways, hurtful ways. And I felt the Holy Spirit grab my heart, and he said, you know what? You would never talk to someone in a counseling session the way that you talk to yourself. The words you speak are powerful. You know, I think if, God, if Jesus is going to be Lord of your life, you should be Lord of your lips also. And what you, what, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You should preach the gospel to yourself every day. Every day. What if instead of your mind being filled with doubts and what ifs and question marks, right? I'm really going to be healed. I'm really going to be free. Is this small group really going to make a difference in my life? Is the Bible true? Am I going to be protected? Does God really have a plan for my life? Can he ever use someone like me? What if the thoughts in your mind were more like, I am forgiven. I am set free. I'm going to make it. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The future's good. Heaven is real. God's not going to abandon me. I'm never alone. I have the mind of Christ. A small group will help me. Given it will be given back to you. Serve and watch joy fill your heart, right? My past is not going to control my future. My family's going to be okay, right? For me, it's like my children belong to the Lord. Someday I'm going to get to heaven and all five of my babies are going to be there. And I'm going to spend eternity with them because I can trust God. Because he loves my kids more than I love my kids. And God loves me. I am who he says I am. He is who he says he is. I can believe that. I can believe that. What thoughts are you going to allow to shape your life? I wonder if you guys would just stand to your feet all, all across this place.